Hey everyone, Chris Wan here, and this is Accent Out Loud, a podcast by Lucid Accent Consulting. Your weekly glimpse on one person's take on English language learning, accents, experimentation, and learning. Hey everyone, in this uh, episode, I, I, I don't know, I was inspired to just sort of rant for a little bit. <laughs> about how I see accents, how I see how people are approaching accents and sort of why I think it's harder for people to learn. I, I think there's always going to be a subsection or a subgroup of people who are good at picking up accents. You, you can sort of picture it in your mind. These are the people who are spotlight attention. They're charismatic. They're the guy in the bar who can do the Gollum Smeagol accent. They're the person who can do the Irish, British, I don't know. They, they just seem to be able to pull out accents out of their hat. And you, you sort of look at yourself and you wonder, how are they able to do that? How are they so confident? How are they able to grasp it? And sometimes they, they don't even really try, or at least when you interact with them, it sounds like they're just, they're able to just do it. Um, that's a specific type of person. Uh, that's a specific type of person who will, doesn't feel embarrassed to make a fool of themselves. They don't feel embarrassed talking, being, I don't know, silly, being center of attention, being the clown. Um, and I think that group of people, they, over the years, have just been able to hone this technique or hone this skill or hone this awareness of how their mouth moves, what happens when they um, over-exaggerate or they um, are really able to sort of change their facial features. Um, I mean, you can go on YouTube, you can look at those people who are able to do impersonations or uh, are voice actors a lot of the times. I'm thinking like, I don't know, Family Guy, The Simpsons, those types of people who do the voice acting behind the characters, like Peter Griffin, you can see how when they are doing it live, you can see how their face changes and they, they seem to have an awareness of that. And that's not typical. That's not normal. That's not your everyday person. Your everyday person is quieter, not a center of attention, and they, they have this specific goal in mind to, to improve their their pronunciation or they want to to gain an accent but a lot of the times when i'm working with them i notice people are muttering under their breath they're sort of like saying the sounds or trying to grasp the idea just under their breath right and i appreciate the attempt and i appreciate the the desire to but you can't do it under your breath if you're whispering the sounds to yourself you're not going to actually hear them for how they are going to be said, right? The whole point of practice is you want to be functional. You want to be talking the way you would normally talk in person with with somebody when you're going to use the, the words or the sounds that you've been practicing, right? You're not going to say, hello, hi, how, how, are, how are you? Um, you're going to say, hi, how are you? So you're going to get that loud voice. You got to project your voice. You got to practice projecting your voice. And I, I think for me, what I see is sort of these 
you, you have to sort of commit to using a loud voice, to using that, that, that energy, right? You, you have to be a bit more open with the idea, yes, I'm practicing these sounds because otherwise you're, you're not going to use it in the same way. It's not going to come natural to you, right? There, there are studies out there that suggest your body and your, there's a connection between your body and your mind. And I think, for example, when you, if you were to memorize words underwater, you're more likely to recall them underwater than you are coming back up for air and trying to recall them in a classroom setting or whatever else setting, right? There's, there's a lot more context to how your body and mind remembers. So if you are whispering to yourself in quiet, you're not actually hearing yourself project your voice, how hard is it going to be to actually use that in real situations when you're in front of a customer, when you're in front of a friend, when you're in front of a stranger at a store, you're not going to, you're not going to use that new sort of um, learned process or protocol. You're going to go back to what you're normally used to, which is your original accent, right? It's so hard to break those habits. It's so hard to break that, that pattern of behavior that you're normally doing. And unless you, you really push yourself to the extreme, you practice the things that you want to say out loud in a normal, loud, or mm, conversational voice, you're not going to get there. You're not going to do it, right? The other thing I wanted to rant about, and we'll just let this ambulance drive by. Um, the other thing that, no, it's still driving by. Uh, the other thing that I want to rant about is that people need to be a bit more specific or think about and really take the time to try at least to be more self-aware of what is different between their accent and a native English speaker's accent. Right? Whether that's you're British, whether you're American, whether or not you're Australian, whether or not you're picking up all these things, take the time to think about what you say and how it's different from what a native English speaker says. So many times I think when I ask people what is different, why, if, how would you describe in your own words what is different about your sounds to somebody else's sounds, they are not able to answer. They just know it's different. There is some sort of basic understanding, oh, I don't sound like them. But you have to learn more about what's different. What have you Googled? What have you researched? What have you YouTubed? Um, we have so many resources out there and I, I don't think it, it'll ever be an easy, quick fix, right? Um, if you watch a YouTube video, you're going to theoretically know how to do it, but you're not going to do it. Do go through the motions. It's the same thing as exercise, right? One of the analogies that Gary Vee uses is you can read all you want about push-ups. If you don't actually do the push-ups, you're not going to get the benefits of the push-ups, right? You're not going to, you're not going to get stronger if you read, if you don't, if you just read how to do it or read the techniques or understand theoretically, you have to go and do the push-ups. If you want to be in better shape, you have to go to the gym. You can't just 
read about what's the best method to lose weight, what's the best method to gain muscle mass, what's the best method for dieting. Is it keto? Is it gluten-free? I don't know. Is it a pescatarian? Is it a vegetarian? Is it low-carb, high-fat? Whatever, right? You have to go through the motions of doing it. So in the same way, you have to go through the motions of educating yourself and practicing out loud in a normal voice what you want to say. An analogy that comes to mind for me is sort of when I think of skateboarding. If you don't know anything about skateboarding, someone does a trick in front of you, it's a kickflip, uh, which is one trick. And then another guy does another flip, I don't know, a hard flip, a varial flip, something different. If you don't know how to describe what is different about those two tricks, how can you learn that second trick? If you know how to make a cook an egg, you know how to scramble eggs, and you always scramble eggs, and you're, you're scrambling, you're scrambling, scrambling, all you know is how to scramble eggs, fry them, eat them. And then you see some guy, some other chef, cook easy over eggs. You want to learn how to do that. And you say, I want to do that. What's the next step? You have to learn how, what is different? Why is it different? What do they do differently, right? Instead of scrambling the eggs, instead of mixing the yolk and the egg white, they are keeping them distinct, separate. They are flipping the egg over, so you're cooking both sides with the yolk inside, but then you're also timing it differently because you are taking the egg off of the heat before the yolk cooks through. So when you can cut open the egg, the yolk spills out and it's still liquid. If you don't go through the process of learning how that is different than scrambled eggs, how can you then move to the next step of learning it? Those were the two just rambling thoughts in my mind. I don't know, tell me what you think about these things. I think I have this big idea of going through every single sound and teaching or explaining how I see how you make each of those sounds, what are the key distinct traits or characteristics of it. But in the meantime, I also have other segments that I want to do. I want to do like a top five things for, I don't know, Cantonese speakers, top five things for French speakers, top five things for Spanish speakers. Obviously trying to give the nuances between the different types of Spanish speakers. But in my mind, there's this sort of order to things which limits not my creativity but sort of limits how how quickly i can tackle all these big projects but i'd also like to have the allowance of posting within that one week time frame because i'm trying to do this on a weekly basis other random thoughts other random projects other things that'll keep me more spontaneous in between these sort of structured weekly educational things Hope you all have a good one. I'm recording this on Saturday, so maybe Sunday or Monday I'll post it. Yeah, it's a lovely weekend. Hope you're all having a good day. See you next time. Uh, subscribe if this appeals to you. Uh, leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment if you feel so inclined and or, I don't know, if you feel like you want to steer this thing into a direction that works for you. Um, if audio isn't your thing, Check out my Facebook, my Insta, my website, lucidaccent.com. See you next time.